Hi friend, if you love the information you hear in the podcast, then you will love the free mini series of videos that I've put together just for you. It's all about the biblical blueprint for health and teaches you exact principles I've taught to thousands of Christian women that result in weight loss, better sleep, increased energy, clearer skin, and sharper brains. You can go to thechristiannutritionist.com slash miniseries to grab this free set of short, powerful teachings that will show you how to create better health God's way. It's at thechristiannutritionist.com slash miniseries. Go check it out now. Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hey friends, welcome back to the club and happy summer, summer, summer time. Sorry, singing again. You know, you know what I realized? I sing or reference songs a lot in these podcasts, don't I? And I ain't got no business singing, but I can't help the music references. It's in my family bones. We are just music people across all genres. So if you've been with me since episode one, I think so far I have mentioned or sung Beyonce, Neil Diamond, Dr. Dre, Naughty by Nature, Taylor Swift, and now Will Smith. It's a little disproportionately rap thus far, but I did warn you early on that I've got some hood in me and I love old school rap. Sometime I will tell you about the time my car got shot in high school. That is a good story. But back to summer, summer, summer time. Listen, it's only been a month since school let out for my kids, and we've been to the river, the beach. My kids have been to camp for two weeks, I've been to Taos on a girls' trip. I mean, I feel like we've lived an entire summer in one month, and it's been awesome. But I have to say, all of this fun isn't always easy on a body. I find myself in the same situation I always find myself at this time of the year. Eating more carbs, fasting less, and feeling a few pounds heavier. This is like not helpful during swimsuit season. But year after year, I find myself in the same pattern during the summer. Now, a lot of this has to do with my very unregimented schedule. During the school year, I have more regulated rhythm, you know, of keeping my food and fasting more tight during the week. That's what I'm always telling my Feast of Fasters. Tighten up. Got to tighten it up. So it's much easier for me to work within the regularity of school and activity times. Then I usually take my feast days on the weekend and fast a little less to go with the flow of family time. That's just kind of how I roll during the school year. But summer kind of feels like a perpetual weekend for me. 
Luckily, I can work with clients from anywhere, so I have the flexibility to be on the move with my kids, which is super fun, but like I said, hard on a bod. We're jumping around from place to place, which means eating out more. We're in more social situations, which involve more food and drinks. We stay up later. We eat later. I'm not getting as long of a fast in. There are more 10 to 12 hour fasts happening than 14 to 16 hour fast for sure in the summer for me. Now, <laughs> I know that this basically sounds like a classic case of less discipline, and there's some legit truth to that. I want to drink a glass of wine by the river on a random Tuesday summer night. I want to eat bowls and bowls of mangoes. I don't care if I don't hit consistent 16-hour fasts. My best friend and I, we call this our summer girl mode. Like we start getting itchy at the end of May, and by June, we are just in full-blown summer girl attitude. So I've struggled with this over the last years because on my basic human level, I just feel like I'm sucking at discipline. <laughs> but on a professional level, I'm like, what kind of example am I to be so loosey-goosey just because it's summer? But then I read this book last summer, actually, called Sex, Lies, and Menopause by T.S. Wiley. Isn't that a catchy title? Yes. It was fascinating, but not exactly what I was expecting. I was really looking into it for um, menopause solutions. I'm not there yet, but a lot of my people were starting to get there, you know, perimenopause years. So trying to kind of educate myself more on that so I have answers for people. And it, that book does address hormone stuff, but it also addresses cancer. It addresses all kinds of stuff. Um, lots of fascinating stuff. But in the very beginning of it, I was just hooked, like within the first 10 pages, because it starts out by making all of these connections between the earth, the light, the seasons, our food, our hormones, reproductive cycles, and even our desire for sex. The author says, the rhythm of the planet we live on is in us. And I think that's so beautiful. And it resonates with me because I love thinking of our health in the context of our creator and creation. You know, Genesis 2-7 tells us that we, humans, are made from the very soil of the earth. And in the podcast um, I did on probiotics, I shared how much it makes sense that most of our body is made of bacteria, as is the soil. So when I read the author of this book explain that we essentially have these internal sensors that interface with the external rhythms of nature, which influence our eating and sleeping patterns. Well, my staying up late, carb-loving, summer girl attitude made a lot more sense to me. So historically, humans lived more according to the earthly elements like light and season. And the author of the book, T.S. Wiley says, when the light is long, like in the summertime, we are programmed to feel sexy because the sunlight and plentiful carbohydrates increase our insulin, which provides us with extra circulating estrogen and testosterone. She goes on to explain that the extra carbohydrates available in the summertime not only trigger our sexy hormones, but also become the 
quote, insulating weight around our middles and backsides, quote, that we store up to burn in the winter when carbohydrates are less available. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't like any part of insulating weight around my middle or my backside. <laughs> so that is what she means, that basically summer is the time to store fat. That the extra carbs available in summer help to fatten us up for the winter when food was more scarce. Historically, we could rely on our stored fat for fuel during the leaner months. Okay, does this make sense? Well, it did to me. I'm like, well, no wonder I want to eat more carbs in the summer. It's like programmed into me. Summer is the time to store fat for the winter. I mean, it's very unfortunate that it coincides with bathing suit season, for sure. But it kind of all makes sense in the way that she explains it. Now, on the other side of that coin is that when it's darker and colder in the winter and less carbohydrates are available, we would naturally eat less carbs and burn up what we have stored up in the from the summer, like a bear. In macronutrient terms, this would mean we naturally had a higher carb diet in the summer and lower carb slash higher fat diet in the winter. And I think it's interesting to look at macronutrient ratios from a seasonal perspective. A keto diet makes more sense in the winter, but not really in the summer. I think a lot of people who jumped on the keto bandwagon are not now realizing it's hard to sustain. And a lot of the popular keto leaders are now including the strategy of carb cycling. That's essentially what we do in Feast to Fast. It just never made sense to me to have a static diet plan like you have to maintain 70% fat at all times. I feel like looking back in time gives us perspective and a dose of common sense. There were naturally times people ate more and times people ate less. People feasted together and they fasted together. As Christians, it is our spiritual heritage to fast regularly, not because we have to but because it is such a beautiful way to foster health in spirit, mind, and body. What makes things complicated for us in modern times is that there are no seasonal and regional boundaries. You can ship any food, any time, from anywhere in the world. You want mangoes in November? Sure! Not only do we have year-round availability of fruits and vegetables, we also have constant availability of processed carbs and sugars to deal with. We have a relentless carb load when we're not really meant to. The author of Sex, Lies, and Menopause says it's basically like we live in perpetual summer mode, or that's how we signal our body between the overload of carbs and the extra light we get year-round. It's no wonder our bodies are confused, out of whack, and unhealthy. And we've lost a lot of that ability to eat intuitively because we're not forced to flow in the rhythm of the season. I mean, honestly, it's what my friend Selene would call a blurse, a blessing and a curse all at the same time. It's a blessing not to have to worry about food availability and have all of these wonderful choices. But at the same time, the convenience and the excess and all of the artificial junk we have to deal with 
is a curse. It's just detrimental to our health. I mean, our Bible sisters couldn't get bananas at the snap of a finger, but they also didn't stress every day over calories and macronutrients and counting steps. They lived their food lives more intuitively and more simply and didn't need all of these numbers and gadgets and apps to keep them on track. I guess it's a trade-off, though. I mean, I don't want to live in those <laughs> the harsh conditions of biblical times. Um, but I think just looking at all of these kinds of things gives us good perspective. So back to where we started with my excessive carb situation in the summer. Knowing that we intuitively gravitate toward more carbs during this season is a cool connection to make. It doesn't mean it's a green light for a carb free-for-all, but I guess what it does for me is make me feel like less of a summer sellout, you know? It just helps to give, give myself a little bit more grace. Like, you know, if I want to sit by the river at 8 p.m. and watch the fireflies with a glass of wine, well, hey, tis the season. I'm not going to worry. It's cutting into my fasting time. It's not the normal I stick to during the rest of the year, but maybe it's not supposed to be. What I do try to maintain is sticking with my heck yeah carbs. If you haven't listened to the podcast I did called Setting Your Carb Boundaries, do so. Um, with my heck yeah carbs, you know, even though I'm eating more carbohydrates in the summer, I'm still saying, staying within those boundaries. It just seems like I'm eating a little bit more of them. Like several times this summer, I've had smoked salmon with Simple Mills almond crackers and a salad for dinner. It's like so easy, no cooking, delicious. You know, oh, and of course wine with that because it just pairs so beautifully with that meal. Um, but there are times when crackers are a legit side dish um, in the summertime for me, you know, whereas at other times of the year, it's just, I don't tend to do that. Um, and the fruit, you know, I definitely eat more fruit in the summer. And at other times of the year, I could honestly go without it, except for maybe some bananas here and there, because those are my go-to sweet during a sugar detox. Also, what I've noticed that I do more often in the summer is what we call in Feast to Fast a super fast. I tend toward one longer fast around 20 to 24 hours during the week, as opposed to a daily 16-hour intermittent fasting window. And if you listened to my first podcast when I talked about reading the book Greater Health God's Way so many years ago, before I was even a nutritionist, I swear it was like God planting a seed. But anyway, the author of that book, Stormy O'Martian, she did one weekly 24-hour fast as part of her health regimen. And sometimes I end up craving that style of fasting more in the summer. So anyway... I think all of this is just fascinating to consider. Um, do you tend to gravitate to more carbs in the summertime? I'd love to know. I hope you've learned something here today, found something useful, thought about God and your health a little bit more. You know, that's why I'm here. And I'm just honored that you would take a little bit, bit of time to hang out with me and listen if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, it makes it so much easier to find it when you're ready to listen. It just automatically loads up to your phone. So subscribe because 
you don't want to miss me singing JT or Bob Marley. I mean, I, I can't even believe Bob Marley has not come out of me yet, but I promise you, he will at some point. Okay, friends, have a healthy and blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week. Thank you.